Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this special episode of Work Party Money Moves, Founders Framework. In this series, successful founders will share their perspectives on a startup funding scenario. They just received a 10 grand small business loan to start a business, and let's see how they build a framework on how to spend it. I have Julissa Prado here, founder and CEO of Rizos Curls, a clean hair care line aimed at embracing and celebrating the beauty of curls, coils, and waves everywhere. After years of making her own curly cocktail and helping her community embrace their curls, Julissa decided to use her life savings to launch her own hair care line, Rizos Curls. The results have been a line of products made with high quality ingredients that works across all different hair types. As a leading force in the beauty industry, Julissa is widely recognized with awards wins such as Cosmopolitan's 2021 new C-suite winner and named Entrepreneur of the Year in 2020 by Beauty Independent. She's also an active national speaker with roles at Harvard University, Girl Boss Rally, Create and Cultivate, TED, and so much more. I'm so excited to have Julissa here to share more of her journey and how she'd break down the $10,000 as a product-based business owner. Julissa, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and why you founded Rezos Curls? Yes. So I grew up in predominantly, you know, Black and Latino neighborhoods and everyone around me had naturally curly, wavy or coily hair. And I grew up as the girl that would style people's hair. Like that was my side hobby. Everyone used to straighten their hair. And I pretty much decided that I wanted to learn how to not only wear my hair, my own hair naturally, but I wanted to also, you know, help the people that I was already styling their hair also with their hair. So I kind of made my own concoctions and I would uh, meet so many undercover curlies, as they call them, as I call people that naturally have wavy, curly or coily hair and don't even and no one would ever know because they straighten it all the time. And I would do their hair. This started off since I was 14 years old. So my whole life. I've been, you know, meeting undercover curlies in the bathroom and dorm rooms and different places, styling their hair, 
and teaching them how to wear their hair natural. And so fast forward to 2017, I um, decided to finally launch my business. I worked on the formulas prior to that for four years and finally landed on formulas that I really loved and I could stand behind. So, and all, and all those people that I helped over the years, they all kind of became my first customers. So that was like my first help with marketing was all that hairstyling that I did over the years. I love it. Undercover Curly is so cute. So obviously this is a product-based business. So what was your experience like acquiring funding? How did you start off? Did you bootstrap? Like talk us through building out this product-based business. Cause obviously when you're launching product, it's all about inventory. Yeah. So something, a big perk of growing up in like low-income neighborhoods and a low-income household is that you learn to be scrappy. Like you learn how to really stretch your dollar. And I feel like that's where you really have to get creative because it's like, I only have, I don't have a thousand dollars to look fly on the first day of school. I have $20 and I still want to look fly. So I'm going to, you know, go to the dollar store and figure out these little rhinestones and DIY a bunch of stuff. So I definitely grew up seeing so many examples of not only myself, but the people around me really DIYing so many things that other people would spend a lot of money on. So I think that was my initial um, inspiration. So I, to this day, am 100% self-funded. I think a lot of the time people think that in order to start a product-based business, especially, you need to start out with a lot of funding. And I think that um, you don't always have to do that. I use my own savings to buy the inventory. And when I first launched my business, I had zero marketing dollars. Like I had an iPhone, I had social media and I kind of like DIY'd everything. The drawing on my bottle, I didn't have a graphic designer. I used my cousin, Vanessa, did that drawing. The models on my website were my cousins and I. The photographer was my brother. The website I built myself on Shopify. So I definitely DIY'd it. And, but that's not to say that I, you know, wasn't sm- smart about the money situation. So I was always applying to grants. Um, anytime that it was, you know, I was able to, I always had a line of credit at the bank. And so I did, you know, always have that in my back pocket in case I did need to pull money, you know, out of nowhere or like an, at a, with a short notice. So impressive because honestly, launching a, a product-based business, self-funded, it's such a huge accomplishment and you have like really taken it to the next level, which is amazing. So, and I think to your point, most people are in that position, like getting funding, as we all know, 2% of VC funding goes to women, less than 1% for women of color. It's challenging. It's an uphill battle. So yeah. you are such an amazing success story in that way. So we are going to set the scene. As you know, this is a special episode of Work Party. So you have $10,000 to kickstart your product-based business. Like let's go way uh, back to the beginning. Yes. Let's go to 2017 <laughs> and it's time to make some moves. So before we get into the nitty gritty, can you share with us how you would sort of look at this $10,000? Like where would you start planning to put that money? Yeah. So I think at that point, I'm really looking at that $10,000 to bring me back a return. So what I'm doing is I'm going to kind of budget those 10,000 and look at it as every single dollar counts. And I'm going to have to make sure that there's a return on that investment. It can't, I, I'm not going to use it just for like brand awareness. I'm not going to use it just for, you know, something that's not going to bring me like dollars. So I'm really going to look at that, look at the different options that I have that I feel like uh, maybe what's been working for me, what I've seen working kind of like 
getting a good idea of like what else is out there and like what they're doing. Um, and then allocating my money depending on that. Okay. I love that. So putting money where you know, you're going to make money back. So, you know, how are you organizing your thoughts? Like, do you typically write things down in a notebook? Are you using specific apps? Did you have an Excel spreadsheet when you were starting out? Tell us about like what, how you mapped out this plan. So my brain works the best when I'm have like a goal and then a budget. So I like to, especially in the beginning, I would do it uh, monthly and then break it down weekly. So I would have like my, my monthly like goal for the month of, of how much money I want to sales I want to make. And then I would have my budget of like how much money I have to make those sales. And then I would then list out my costs of like the different things and see if I can afford things. And then also I would have my historical data, like in order to help me forecast, for example, if I'm already, you know, in six months in, I would have, you know, the prior six months, the data from that all also on that same spreadsheet so that I can visually see, you know, how I've done in the past. If I met my, for, my, my goal, if I didn't, and um, it will, it helps me in forecasting for the future. Bank of America knows that women entrepreneurs often face challenges in accessing the necessary capital and resources to run and grow your own businesses. That's why they invest in partnerships that connect you to the mentoring, training, and capital you need to find success. You can get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Work with local specialists one-on-one to meet with the unique needs of your business. Learn about sources of funding through the Access to Capital directory or find financing opportunities through the Tory Burch and Bank of America Capital Program. You can even earn a certificate in women's entrepreneurship through the free Bank of America Institute for Women's Entrepreneurship at Cornell, an online learning portal that provides women entrepreneurs with the skills, knowledge, and resources to build, manage, and scale a business. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash women business owners. Bank of America, what would you like the power to do? Looking at you're starting off, what area of the business would you assess first? Is it the product or is it the marketing? So, assumably, you want to get that inventory in. So, how did you go about formulating your product? Like, where were those costs sort of sunk into? Yeah. So, depending on what types of products you are doing, that is usually going to be the most expensive thing that you're going to invest in is going to be your actual product because that's the most important thing uh, when you're starting out. Because if you don't have a good product that people want, like you don't have a business. A business is a solution to a problem. And if your product is not solving a solution that people have uh, to a problem people have, then, you know, that's the number one. So you're going to have to make sure that obviously you have that inventory and it's an initial investment. So literally your money is going to go into buy this inventory. That's just like an investment that you're hoping to then uh, get a return on. So depending on, you know, your industry, sometimes your each product maybe could be, you, you, you kind of have to get a good idea of like, how much are you going to charge the, your price thing based yeah. on your cost for that specific product. So let's say, let's say your product costs $5, like how much return are you going to make? And then how much return do you want to make depending on all your costs and everything? And you're kind of looking long-term. Um, and then that's how you price your, your products. And I like to always say like, it's better to overprice than to underprice. Cause you could always lower the cost and people will be happy but it's really, really hard to raise a price 
uh, because people will be very upset. So always like uh, sure. <laughs> a grain of thought, like don't uh, over, always lean towards higher than lower. A hundred percent. So looking back in launching resource curls, what would you have done differently? Like what were some of the, you know, mistakes you made early on that you were like, Oh, I, I, now that I know what I know, I would have never have done it. That yeah. I think one thing is like, for example, very early on, like I, I had my, my little cousins and my little sister, she's at the time was like a, a freshman in high school or something. She was really into TikTok, and they would all tell me like, get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And I feel like, because I was kind of like just focusing on the platforms that I was on and what's, what was cool at that moment, I kind of missed that opportunity to really be like the leader and, and really be like the first um, in that market. I'm granted, you know, we were able to hop on later on eventually. And TikTok is now actually where we get most of our sales from. It surpasses Facebook and Instagram for us. But I know that had I been an early innovator into that platform, it would have just been crazy. Like I could have been in a completely bigger situation very early on. Um, So I feel like my biggest advice that I would give myself is to not limit myself on only looking at what's trending at the moment to also look at the future. Also look at what I think is going to be like, not just get worked up on what everybody else is doing at the moment. Think about where I can be the first for the future and really be, really be the example for everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And get on TikTok. Yeah, literally get on TikTok. Like get on TikTok. I I feel the same way. I had that moment where I was like, oh, do I have to do this? And now in retrospect, I'm like, I should have freaking done it. Damn it. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's talk about, you know, looking at the overall picture. What do you think, like two-word answer, the highest priority should be when starting a product-based business? Number one, starting any business is understanding your financials. Like one of the main reasons why businesses fail in the beginning is because of poor financial planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot stress enough how important it is to understand your cash flow, understand how much is coming in, how much is coming out, and then always having enough money to pay your bills. Like literally as simple as, are you going to be able to pay your bills every month? And are you making decisions that are going to be able to continue funding whatever growth that you want to bring? And whether it's like you are, profitable enough to reinvest into your business or you're finding, you know, money to, all, elsewhere to then invest into your business. Like you need to figure out how much growth do you want at a time? Because obviously the more money you have to reinvest, the more growth that you can expect, or you can try to fuel. So you, you, you need to kind of like have this balance and understanding of where you want to be in the next five years and making sure that you have enough money uh, to do that. Uh, So that's my number one in general. And then a product-based business is making sure that people actually want your product, that you truly feel like this is your favorite. Like if nobody else in the world existed and nobody else's opinions, like I would still be using this product because that's how like strongly I feel about it. I think for me, the way that I justified so many of my decisions was if all else fails and nobody buys my product, at least I have a lifetime supply of hair product that I am obsessed with and works perfectly in my hair and then my friends and family. 
Amazing. Yeah. No, I think that that's really amazing advice. So let's move on to branding. So you mentioned early on, like I didn't have a graphic designer. I was like drawing the label. So what percentage of this $10,000 would go to branding? Like how important is it to have your brand unlock? Or is that something that you think you can figure out later on? So it depends on like what type of brand you're doing. If you're like strapped, like literally like pull up your sleeves. We're DIYing this. Um, you can't be everything for everybody. and you, You're not going to be able to be everything. If you want to be like a pretty aesthetic brand, all your money is going to go to there. And then maybe you'll compromise like something else. Like you're going to have to prioritize, like, what are you willing to compromise? And what are you not willing to compromise? For me, I didn't, I was willing to compromise the non-performance things. Like I was willing to compromise the aesthetic. I was willing to compromise maybe the the visual of it, but I was not willing to compromise the actual performance of the product and, you know, that, that sort of thing. So because of that, I allocated like what $50, like whatever I paid my cousin for graphic design and for branding, because I felt that I didn't want to get so hung up on these details that were going to hold me back from what was really important, which was the results and the education that I was going to bring to people that wanted to learn how to style their hair and the actual results that they were going to immediately see with their hair. Cause I felt like it doesn't matter what the bottle looks like. It doesn't matter what this logo is like. They just have to try it one time and they're going to love it. So that was my competitive advantage. I felt like, and that I wanted to truly invest everything in. So instead of like focusing on branding, I was like, I'm going to focus on actual transformation, on actual videos, on actual things that are going to make a difference in people and like, and just literally focus on my competitive advantage over whatever else is out there. Because I felt like these big brands with big money, of course, none of my little measly dollars are going to make a better branding. I was like, they're going to do, they're, they're going to kill it on that end because they have the money. But what they don't have is my amazing performance, performing products. Yeah. You want to build a recurring customer, not a one and done. Exactly. So I I love that. I think that's great advice because I think a lot of times people think they have to spend so much money on branding to make it look really good. And to your point, make sure your product's really good. Then worry about the branding after the fact. So I think that's, that's. Yeah. Especially if you don't have a lot of money to go like growing up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Focus on what's important. So let's get into marketing. So now let's say you have your brand, you've launched the product, you're trying to grow your business. At what point do you start investing in marketing? So I know you said you had no marketing budget at the beginning. So talk us through how you went from that to being like, okay, let's start like testing. Yeah. So I would say for me, you're going to have to look at what platforms are out there. Like what are the cheapest types of like marketing uh, options that you have in order to reach as many people, what is going to give you the most bang for your buck? So for me at the time, it was social media. It was, I feel like social media really made it possible for me to have possibly build a platform where I can compete head to head with some of these big bang, you know, brands and do it in a very authentic way and be able to like really show my personality and uh, reach people directly in a way that speak to them in a way that I felt like other brands weren't speaking to them. So what did I need? I needed a good camera. I needed a good phone. I needed a lot of these like editing apps, whether it was Lightroom, Photoshop, like all of these things. I needed to make sure I had 
you know, my canvas and my, like all, all of these different platforms that I was going to use to create content. And if I wanted, eventually, if you're able to afford a real photographer, amazing, like, or a camera, if you can't afford a photographer, but you need to get a camera, let's do that. Or an editor to help you create even more content. Or maybe you hire an, an assistant to, to help you with the platforms with, with creating more content. And like, depending on how much money um, you're willing to invest and how you see things going, I focused on that. So for me, initially, um, I wasn't spending, for example, like on ads um, on any paid, but once I started actually seeing sales, I, I did start doing like Facebook ads or, you know, the Instagram ad or boosting posts and things of that sort. Um, and that, that also did help, but a lot, like the majority of it was organic based on content that I was creating and really just like building the platform and growing my social media pages by just like fueling out nonstop content and focusing on education. Cause I feel like anybody can sell you something, but not everyone can teach you something. Mm. And I felt that I was able to reach more people and indirectly sell my product by educating and teaching people about their hair and teaching them how to achieve results about their hair with my products instead of saying like, Hey, buy this product. Every business owner may make different moves to run her business, but each one knows that it's essential to have the ongoing support of a trusted partner. By teaming with Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. As you start to run or grow your business, turn to dedicated local specialists for help every step along the way. Connect with long-standing partners to build your knowledge and to find a network of peers and mentors. You also have access to powerful digital tools and resources at your fingertips so you can manage your own accounts, find access to capital, and discover opportunities to grow your business. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash smallbusiness. Bank of America, what would you like the power to do? I also feel like we've gone from glossy, beautiful, expensive photo shoots to that before, after, just on your iPhone quality, thank goodness, because it's much cheaper to produce. But really that before and after and that education is so important. So when you're breaking down your marketing, like looking at a pie chart, like what part is email? What part is social? What part is paid social? How are you thinking about the full pie? Yeah. So they're all so important. I would say in the beginning, to be completely honest, I did not, just because I was like a one woman show in the beginning, I didn't have time for like everything. I didn't focus on email marketing as much as I should have. I had like the free version of like MailChimp in the beginning. Later on, you know, I was able to upgrade to the actual paid version um, once I had a lot, had more um, subscribers. But um, in the beginning, I wasn't as like utilize, like doing all of the things on email that would help with retention. So the majority of my customers were new customers that are actually harder to acquire than returning customers which is actually more work. So if I could go back, I probably would have taken the time to really like set up some better automation with email marketing in order to retain more customers and like give more love to returning customers instead of just like almost fixate, like focusing so much on just new customers. Same girl, same. Feel the exact same way. I feel like I didn't know a lot around the remarketing email capture, that whole loop. Um, Cause you're just trying to get new people in the door. And to your point, like those recurring customers are so valuable. So you need to pay attention to it. So 
write that down, get on that, close that loop. It's very important. So let's talk about operational costs. So looking at like a CapEx at the end of the day. So a CapEx is the money you use to buy, improve, or extend the life of assets in your business. So think technology, cars, phones, the physical items that you use to run your business. So how big was CapEx for you? Has it grown over time? And how much money do you think people should save up for this? So I kind of like went a little as I went, as as I could go. So for example, like everything was out of like my laptop. I had like one phone. We recently just got, I bought another phone for the office for like, you know, just content and like all of that stuff. But like, we've been running off of just like very minimal. And I think that, um, maybe in the beginning when you, cause those, those types of purchases are some of the most expensive ones I did like, for example, recently started investing more in better lights, on better cameras, on better, like more professional studio lighting and microphones and things of that sort that I just never really did before. Obviously, like the content kind of showed that where it was like a little lower quality. Now I'm trying to have it be higher quality. So it just depends on like where you are and if you can even afford it. So I would say in the beginning, you probably don't have too much for of that unless, unless it's a necessity. But later on, um, I think it is important to kind of like elevate your, your, the quality, at least the quality of, of the, of what you're creating. Absolutely. So to wrap it all up, what other areas would you allocate this 10 K to? Is there anything I missed along the way that you're like, oh, I would definitely do this as well. I would say product gifting. So for example, user generated content is just literally you're like bread, how you're making your bread and butter in the beginning. Cause in the beginning, you probably don't have too much money to pay influencers and pay brand collaborations and all of that. And one of the best types of marketing is like word of mouth and people trying your product and like telling other people about it. What, what I would recommend is like allocating a certain amount to free gifting for specific, maybe like micro influencers that they'll literally create content or post something in exchange for product and, you know, try, trying to see if you could work with them or if different, just gifting people product that might help with content creation and asking them permission to repost content and maybe utilize, um, utilize our content. Also, another thing that really helped me was brand to brand collaborations with like other brands that maybe were in the same place as me. And we would like cross promote each other where we didn't give each other necessarily, we didn't pay for each other. We kind of like would just help each other out. So whether it was like a joint giveaway or we would do like joint efforts to like, oh, hey, we're, I'm going to post this video about you. You're going to post this about me. We're going to collab. So I would say collabs like that, usually those could be pretty inexpensive. All you really pay for is like the product and the items used at that moment. Yep. A great tip factor in that free product into your inventory and asset list. Absolutely. So if your business needed more than $10,000, like what other resources do you advise small business owners to explore? Yeah. So I have been literally applying to any grant imaginable. And I've had a line of credit since the beginning at the bank. I know it's like old school, but like it works. (laughs) Like I feel like sometimes people, it's so obvious, but people forget that option is there. So I've, you know, always had a good relationship with 
my local bankers. And I've always made sure to, to have that in my back pocket if, if I ever need a loan, a quick loan. And honestly, you can get really good rates depending on, you know, your credit score and all of that good stuff. Like the, the rate that I was able to get with my business is crazy because I was, it was better than my, my student loan interest rate. So I was like, goodness, like, where were you when I needed you in college? But yeah, sometimes money can be cheap. And like, to your point, you still retain all the equity in your business. So um, again, really thinking through the different capital options. It's so important. And I think to your point, if you just need 10K, 20K, 50K to get your business to that next level, you can get that for a relatively inexpensive um, line of credit, which is a great way to sort of think about things. Exactly. Without having to make a huge decision of like giving up equity. Yes, absolutely. And for you, like, when you're, you were creating that strategic plan and took out that loan, how did you think about paying back the small business loan? Like, was that part of your overarching strategy? Like, how did you think about that? Because I had a fairly low interest rate, I kind of just focused on growing. And then I knew that I was going to be able to pay it back quickly. So I've just been able to, um, luckily we've been profitable since day one. So it's been awesome. I think it's been getting more, it gets more complicated once um, you enter retail spaces like that. That's the tricky part when you have to um, produce product for something and and pay out of pocket for something that you're not getting paid for like almost Mm -hmm. six months. Yeah. That gets a little tricky there, but. (laughs) Well, you're absolutely crushing it. Um, Being profitable since day one for a beauty brand is unheard of people. So (laughs) she is killing it. So before we let you go, we're going to wrap up with some sentence finishers. You ready? Yes. Okay. A non-negotiable for my day is. Morning meditation. Ooh. The best entrepreneurial advice I ever received was. Have fun. That's a good one because I feel like you definitely forget that. It pays to be besties with your bank because they have money that can bill you out very quickly. <laughs> you just had a huge business when what's the first thing you do? Call my mom. Oh, me too. Thank you so much, Julissa. Where can people follow you on social media and learn more about Rizos Curls? At Rizos Curls on Instagram, at Rizos Curls Hair on TikTok. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.